You are listening to the audio ministry for More Nations Church, Cardiff. And the word that I have this morning, I believe, is to stir up, to encourage you, to release you, but it's also to deal with a lie of the enemy. In conversations in recent weeks, in talking to those among you, whether you've been aware of it or not, I've just been aware of a subtlety which has come into our confession, that has come into our speech, and the word of God, which is hanging over us, is a sharp, double-edged sword that is going to cut away the lie of the enemy and release us into the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, we deal with lies when we preach Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We deal with lies when we preach from the Bible, because this is the word of truth. That's why we need to read this word. It's the truth. This morning is all about releasing you from a lie. And releasing you into truth. So I'm still in John chapter 6. Haven't got much further. So let's go back there. John chapter 6 verse 1 to 13. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he knew himself that what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get just a little. But one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five loaves left by those who had eaten. It's a true story. It's a well-known passage. You'll have heard of the feeding of the 5,000. If you went to Sunday school as a child, this is a, this is a teacher's favorite. It's a staple. We should know all about this. But I'm here this morning to tell you that it's 100% true. It's 100% accurate. I've, I, I always enjoy uh, listening to how people will try and reason things away and deny the miracle working power of Christ. My favorite is the one that the loaves at this time were huge, that the fish that they would catch were massive. And I love the image of this poor little boy whose mum is giving him a picnic and like loading on lo- loaf number four and then bringing out the shark or something. And I take two of these. But even that would not feed 5,000 men, let alone women and children. Jesus worked a miracle, okay? And it's a very significant miracle. 
must be mindful of that. It's the second of two creative miracles that John records for us in his Gospels. The first one is at the wedding of Cana where Jesus turns the water into wine. Here Jesus does a miracle on the bread. Right at the heart of what Jesus wants to do. It's all about the bread and wine. And Jesus says himself, unless you take of me, this is my body broken for you, unless you drink of my blood, he shows us that in the wine, he's pointing always to himself. Even in his creative miracles, he's pointing unto himself. There's always this emphasis on the bread and wine. And it's significant in the fact that this is is the only miracle that all four gospel writers choose to include. Now, don't worry. The gospel accounts, they don't contradict one another. In a court of law, if you're called as a witness, you are called to give your version of events. What did you see? What did you hear? But I could see one thing. Jebra could see another thing. Looking this way, Jez could see something else. But these are recorded for us that we get a fullness and an understanding. I've read this account from John. You could read this from Matthew, Mark, or Luke. You'll get a slightly different speech, what they heard, what they saw, but it's the same account. And it doesn't take away from the same miracle working power of Jesus Christ. But that's interesting as well, that it's included in all four Gospels. See, there's a significance, I believe, in the numbers of the Bible. Now, I'm not using the numbers to make my sermon. I just believe in what the Bible teaches us. And four, the number four in scriptures we read, it tells us about the world. It tells us about the earth. It talks about the four corners, the four winds, the four seasons. It talks very much about the earth and the world. So this miracle is significant to us because it has worldwide implications. Okay? Now, if you like that sort of thing, and not everyone does, but I do. If you like the fact that the 12 baskets left over, that's significant as well. You see, 12 speaks to me very much from Scripture about government. It talks about fullness. There were 12 disciples. There were 12 tribes of Judah. The measurements of the holy city in Revelation are measured in multiples of 12. There's something full and complete about this number. And Jesus is showing us, even in what was left over, there was a fullness. That actually, after he'd done the miracle, he was still full. And I like that because it encourages me that God always deals with your situation from a place of abundance. He always deals with us from a place of overflow. It's not like he's only got so much today. So John and Sally, well, you've got your miracle for today. And oh, oh, I'm I'm down by a third already. And Simon and Lottie, you can have this third. But what am I going to do? I've got the third to spread between the rest of you. Forget about that. He deals with you from fullness. And each gospel writer records it in his own style. They pick up on different things. They perhaps give a different emphasis to the way something was said or who said what. Or, but it's interesting that each gospel writer says this. They each talk about the compassion of Christ that he has for the crowd. They each say that Jesus gives thanks. He says a blessing unto heaven. Each one talks about how he breaks and distributes Even if he doesn't talk about the physical breaking, we know that he did because John here records that there were 12 baskets full of fragments. Each one records that everyone ate and was satisfied. Whoa, everyone ate, everyone ate and was satisfied. And each records these 12 baskets. But there's one more thing that they all comment on. They all have a statement which is like this. There's a sense of we only have five loaves and two fish. Or what is that among so many? And there's this sense of, this is all we have. How on earth are we going to feed 
thousand people. Look again at verses 5 to 9. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing what a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get just a little. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? If you're taking notes this morning, my title for you is this, Don't Be So Stupid, Andrew. Now... I am referring, of course, to the Andrew in the text. My brother? My brother? Don't be so stupid, Andrew. 5,000 men, let alone women and children. No money on the disciples. Philip does a quick calculation. 200 denarii wouldn't even give them a little. That's about $4,000, £2,500. Wouldn't give them, each of them, just a little bit. Andrew says, got five loaves, two fish. Don't be so stupid, Andrew. Look at the crowd. We haven't got any money. You you want five loaves and two fish? Are you serious? It's normally your brother Peter who says stupid things like that. Just go over there. Don't, Don't say anything else. Go to the back. You're not helping. And you get this sense of what were people feeling? Oh, Jesus, I'm just ignore that. Just what he said. Just, oh, I'm really sorry about that. This sense, well, even as Andrew begins to say it, like the words begin to come out of his mouth, and before he even gets to the sentence, he's trying to put them back in. I've got five loaves and two fish, but what is that against so many? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever said something daft, something silly, something stupid like that. I, I, I know I have. It's, you know, you bump into someone in the cinema, the lights are going down, you turn, there's someone you recognize, and hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> My favorite, when um, uh, my, my son was born and suddenly I, I was given free license, you don't have to pass a test with a push chair, but you can just have a good go. And you're going and you're getting used to the weight of it, how it turns, and you would ram it into someone's leg by accident, and you could even hear the crunch of plastic against shin bone, and you say with all honesty and sincerity, oh, did I get you? <laughs> you say, even though it's coming out of your mouth, you just, oh. I'll just go to the back, sorry. Don't be so stupid, Andrew. It's the obvious, it's the stated, but it's the ultimately unhelpful comment. 5,000 people, five loaves, two fish. Andrew, don't say anything else. Just don't say anything else. Yet Matthew in his gospel records this. Jesus says, bring them to me. Don't be so stupid, Andrew. Really unhelpful. Jesus says, bring them to me. And he takes it. He gives thanks for it. He breaks it. He gives it. And he feeds everyone out of his fullness because there is so much left over. And now it comes to you and I with a commission to go into all the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, to start with our community, to start with our city, Cardiff for Christ. And we can do it, and our voice says, don't be so stupid, Andrew. And yet Jesus says, give it to me and see what I'll do. There is a voice of accusation. It is a voice of deception. It is a lie that comes to you and to I. 
more than you would know. And it says this, don't be so stupid, Andrew. Don't be so stupid, Jess. Don't be so stupid, Adrian and Sharon. Don't be so stupid, Roger and Lucinda. Don't be so stupid, Josh. Don't be so stupid. It's a lie of the enemy. And this morning, the sword of the Spirit has come to deal with that. So I want to change the world. Stop dreaming. Don't be so stupid. Well, I want to lay hands on my, friend, on my friends because they're sick and I want to see them well. Don't be so ridiculous. Well, I want to witness to my family and to my friends. Don't be so stupid. Yet Jesus says, give it to me. Give it to me. You see, God's dealings with men and women, even in the Bible, these, these great heroes of the faith that we read and we're inspired by, they dealt with the same deception. You're not really up to much. What have you got? Oh, you know, you're right. I'm the weak link. I haven't got anything. You don't make a difference. You don't count. Yeah, you're right. I'm just being stupid. Yet Jesus says, I will take it. I will take everything you have, as little as you may think it is. Give it to me and see what I'll do. You've only got five loaves and two fish. That's more than I need. Just give it to me. Says to Moses, Moses, go and preach. Let my people go. Go and tell Pharaoh. Well, ah. I don't talk, talk too good. And, 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 and I I'm, I'm, I'm really would rather you, you, send, you send it to someone else. What's that in your hand, Moses? It's just a staff. If you give it to me, lay it down. Wow. Pick it up again. It's only a staff, but see what I'll do. This staff, this little, give it to me. Hey, Moses, raise that staff over that ocean. Watch it split. Deliver a people. Just give it to me. Gideon. God is with you, mighty man. No, 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 no. You've got me confused. I'm, I'm, I'm the least in my family, and my family is the least in my tribe, and my tribe is the least in my clan. You've got the wrong person. And God says, no, just give me what you have. In fact, Gideon, I'll deal with you on this word least you keep using, and I'll take your huge army, and I'm going to whittle you down to 300, and you'll still see the power of God working through you. Moses, it's just the stuff. I'll take it. Gideon, I'm no one. I'll take it and see what I'll do. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie. Your friend is sick. I could pray for you, but don't believe the lie. Go for it. Give it to Jesus. Your friend opens up. There's a gospel opportunity. You're pumped up with faith, but a voice says, don't be so stupid. Who are you? They won't listen to you. And Jesus says, just step out. I'll take it. Stop listening to the lie of accusation from the enemy. Give everything you have to Jesus. Very simply today, Jesus wants you, he wants me, but as we are. And there's an exciting life for us with Jesus Christ if we will simply stop ruling ourselves out. If we're to be a pivotal church in this city, and I believe we are, not just in this city, but in this nation, then each one of us becomes a pivotal person. Stop ruling yourself out. Don't be so stupid. Give it to Jesus. Okay? Don't believe the lie. Don't think I'm nothing. Don't think I can't do anything. Don't think I can't be used. That simply is not true. Instead, know this. When you give yourself to Jesus Christ, when you give yourself, God, I don't feel like much. I don't feel like I've got much to offer. But that which I have, I lay it down that you would take it up. The Word of God comes to strengthen you that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Jesus himself speaks and he says, if you think you're the least, that's great because the last will be first. 
And I'm encouraged that with my guard, Psalm 18, I can advance against a troop. I can run against an army. With my guard, I can scale a wall. I'm nothing in myself, but with him, I can do all things. Don't believe the lie. But here is great news for you if you believe that lie. If you believe that and you think you're nothing, if you believe that and you think you're the least, you're actually in a really good place. You're positioned very, very well for great things with Jesus. Because he said, the last shall be first. He said to him who, has, uh, who can be faithful and trusted with very little, I will give them much. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, God chose what was foolish in the world to shame the wise, what is weak in the world to shame the strong. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. Well, I don't think I'm up to much. Great. You feel weak? I do. Brilliant. Because that is the means that Jesus can work through you. If you'll just say, Lord, what I have, it's not much, but I give it to you. And God says, I'll take it and see what I'll do. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I love the fact that the enemy will utter a lie. Don't be so stupid, you're nothing. And God will even take the lie and flip it on its head and make it the means to feed the world. The devil says, don't be so stupid, you're weak. And you say, that's right, I am. I'm nothing. In my own strength and ability, I've got nothing. I'm helpless, but I've got Jesus living in my heart. And if I will give myself to him, he'll take the little that I've got and he will feed the world. This is how Jesus works. He takes something. He took me. I'm nothing. And he's made me his son. He's made me his, his beautiful child from rags to riches in every sense. And this is his pattern. See his pattern now. Jesus said, give them to me, the bread and the fish. So he took the bread. He gives thanks for the bread. He breaks the bread. He gave the bread and he feeds the crowd. He starts with little. He feeds the world. Not too much later, Jesus is sitting down with his disciples at a table celebrating the Passover. He takes the bread. He gives thanks unto heaven. He breaks the bread. He gives the bread, symbolizing what was to come, that he himself would feed the world. Just a few days later, Jesus is hanging on a cross for you and I. And his body is there, and he's already described himself. He is the bread of life. And he cries aloud unto heaven. He says, it's finished. And his body is broken for you and I. He gives himself. And in doing so, becomes the means that the whole world can know him. And now here we are, the church, the body of Christ. And he, if we will give ourselves to him, for he has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing, will take us. And if we will come broken to him and say, this is all I have, then he will feed the world. He'll start with something, 300, 400 people. But 300, 400 people say, God, this is all I have. It's not much. Jesus says, just give them to me. There's no dialogue about the quantity or the quality of what is in your hand. Jesus says, just let me have it. 
And the only thing stopping us doing that is that we believe the lie of the enemy. Even as a prophetic word comes this morning, arise and shine, the lie of the enemy comes. Not you. Not you. Don't be so stupid. It's not you. But Jesus says this this morning, church. Jesus says this. Give yourself to me. That's all you need. Just give yourself to me. Finish by saying this. It's not just about great methodologies, strategies, and plans. They're simply means to an end. It's really about this. It's about being broken. There's great significance in the fact that the baskets were full of broken pieces. It's about being broken and available to the Lord. Cheesy, yes it is, but I've heard it said that the only ability you need is availability. And it's absolutely true. It absolutely works. Don't believe the lie that you're not useful. The lies I've even heard, some of you utter and you're just unaware that you've said them. I'm too old. My body's not what it used to be. I'm too young. I'm not very good at that. Excuse me, folks. That's completely irrelevant. Jesus says, give yourself to me. He knows where you are at. He knows your age. He knows what you feel like in your body. He doesn't make a judgment on that. He just says, give yourself to me. Come to me. Lay yourself down. Be broken before me and watch what I'll do with very little that I can feed. 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. What can I do with a church of 400? What can I do with a church of 1,000? What can I do with a church of 10,000? Each life broken and said, Jesus, Lord, I don't think it's very much. But everything, everything that I have, I give to you. And I give to you with a glad and sincere heart. And Jesus says, I'll take it. You see, we are the best people in the world. Why do I say that? You may be a visitor here this morning and think, what a, what a brash statement. I'm simply saying this. We are God's people. We are his chosen people, his treasured possession, the church of Jesus Christ. Don't be so stupid. Jesus says, give it to me. I'll take it. Church, we have a city to reach. We have a big world to win. But we don't come from a place of pity and a place of poor mentality of how are we going to do it. Jesus already has the victory. We just need to submit ourselves to him and just say, Lord Jesus, everything that I have, I give it to you. Take it now. Feed the world. Don't believe the lie. Don't be so stupid. You've got nothing. Don't believe the lie. Deal with it. as a root issue in your life. Don't believe the lie. Every time you get the, the faith stirring, and you know how it is for you, when you feel faith stirring in your heart, and you, your heart begins to pound, you begin to sweat from places you didn't realize you could sweat, you know it's an opportunity to pray, to give the gospel, to move in a, in a gift of the Spirit, whatever it is. Do it! Don't believe the lie that will come. Just say, God, I feel like I'm stepping out on a limb. I feel like I'm stepping out. It's a step of faith. He will meet you. Just give it to Him. Give yourself to Christ. Make yourself available and watch your small life in the hands of the miracle maker. That's the only reason I can say with all of my heart, Cardiff for Christ. Because I believe in a big God with big plans, who's mighty and powerful, who can do great big things with very small people who are broken and available to him.
Church, don't believe the lie. Give yourself to him. Cardiff for Christ. Glory to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from All Nations Church Cardiff. To download other messages, subscribe to our podcast, or find out more about us, log on to www.allnationschurch.org.uk. Thank you.